Hello everyone and welcome back to the Drew View. In today's show, we are going to be taking a look at the reactions that have come out since the latest batch of Supreme Court rulings. And we're going to be examining those arguments and seeing whether or not they are solid ones. I'm Drew Bennett and you're listening to the Drew View. Alrighty, folks, thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the show. If you're wondering why today's episode was posted a little bit later, there are a few reasons. Number one, I intentionally did this because chances are you probably did not listen to one or two of my last couple of episodes because of the holiday, either having work off or anything like that. So I wanted you to have time to go back and listen to those episodes. If you haven't already, make sure and do that. I talk about the ending of affirmative action in the case that came out with that, and talked a little bit about the student loan forgiveness, and then I just wished you guys a happy 4th of July. So hopefully you guys had a great time, you enjoyed your holiday, you were able to celebrate or spend some time with friends and family, and then you were able to come back here and listen to the Drew View. So that is why this episode is up a little bit later. Also, because I didn't really want to record an episode on the 4th of July because I was doing things with my friends and family, so you're getting this episode a little bit later than normal. Sorry about any inconveniences there, but let's get on with the episode. So basically what I wanted to do is I wanted to take all of these different arguments that have come out since the Supreme Court made its rulings, and what I wanted to do is break those arguments down and say, okay, this is where they're wrong, or this is where we need to change our thinking about these things, because I think a lot of people, if they don't really look at American history and the way the political system works, and especially if they don't look at the Constitution, they don't really understand much about the Supreme Court. And it's even elected officials that are making these arguments where it's like, okay, come on, you you got to stop. Like, you're an elected official. You work for the government. You are, an, you know, you're an elected official. How do you not know these things? Have you not read the Constitution? Have you not? Like, it's very basic things where it's like, wow, that just really makes you look ignorant. So I wanted to break this down because I think we need to be careful when we talk about these things. So that's kind of what I'm going to be doing in today's episode. We're going to talk especially about the arguments that other lawmakers make when they're talking about the Supreme Court and what they say the solution is. So I think that there are enough that have come out from only lawmakers where I basically am only going to talk about lawmakers and their opinions on the court. We're not even going to get into public opinion or what just everyday people have said because I don't even think there's any need to when we have lawmakers who are making themselves look so ignorant. So, without further ado, let's start off with the first one, and that is from none other than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. So, AOC will, we always, I, I put her first because everybody knows she's just, she just likes to make a fool out of herself, so why not put her first, and we'll talk about her opinion first. So what is her argument? She says, to begin, she says that one of the justices on the Supreme Court themselves has said that the court is going too far, that they are expanding their role and trying to legislate and become Congress itself. Well, let's think, AOC. Let's, let's think on that for a second. So 
essentially you have more, the more liberal justices usually are considered judicial activists. And essentially what they do is they legislate from the bench. They essentially say, you know what, the Constitution is this quasi outdated um, document. So we really should just kind of apply, you know, some things that they thought about then. And we can take some of it out of context and apply it to now because that's just, you know, how things work. And again, people do the same thing with the Bible. Oh, well, you know, for modern times, let's just take everything out of context. And then if you if you put these arguments together, yeah, it it really kind of says this, even though it's clearly not what the text meant when it was written. So you have the two sides. You have judicial activists who usually try and legislate from the bench. Those are typically your left-leaning, your liberal justices. And then you also have your more conservative justices. And what do I mean by conservative? It means they are constitutional, like strict constitutionalists. They say, um, you know, this is what is written. This is what we're going with. We're not switching the words out. We're, as it was written, what were the founders thinking? Apply it to each situation. And that's typically the more conservative point of view because you're conserving the Constitution and the ideals of the founding. Now, your judicial activists say, oh, well, that's all outdated. We're, we got to change with the times. The Constitution is a living document that should be changing and morphing and this and that. Which is true if we're talking about amendments, like you can amend the Constitution, but you shouldn't be taking the Constitution out of context in order to push a certain political viewpoint. So it's funny to me that now AOC is concerned about legislating from the bench, such as what was done in Roe v. Wade when that was decided. They were literally legislating from the bench. That's exactly what they were doing. They said, well, the Constitution doesn't give you a right to privacy. It doesn't give you a right to an abortion. But if we use this, 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 and this, jumble it all together, shake it all up, and throw it all out, we can say that, yeah, if you add all this together and mix it up and take it all out of context, yeah, there's a right to privacy in there somewhere where, uh, well, you see, you got to kind of do some searching, but there is. And so that has been the liberal way to do things, the more liberal justices, that's how they've gotten things accomplished through the courts for many years now. It's a, it's a common thing. People know liberal justices are usually judicial activists. You learn this in any basic government class. You learn this in AP Gov, big time. And I took AP US government politics. That's what that class is, AP Gov. And when I took that class, we talk about left-leaning justices usually tend to be judicial activists. Uh, conservative appointed justices usually tend to be strict constitutionalists. Now, that's not always the case, but nine times out of ten, that holds true. So you have this situation where AOC is getting on and she's saying, well, even one of the justices on the court are saying that they've gone too far and now they're just starting to legislate from the bench. It's like, oh, you mean the thing that the more liberal left-leaning justices have been doing since, I don't know, like the get-go. They've done that for years, hundreds of years. Well, at least tens of, you know, a lot of years. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know exactly when the whole difference between strict constitutionalist and uh, judicial activist, when that kind of broke, that I don't necessarily know. But it's been happening for a long time. So, for her to get on and just be so ignorant as to say, oh, well, you see, 
even one of the justices said that they're just trying to legislate from the bench. It's like, are you sure that's not a conservative justice that told you that? Because that's what liberal justices have been doing since they became appointed. Then comes the good old leftist fear-mongering. She goes, we really have to focus on the danger of this court and all the horrible things that they're doing. It's they're, they're just abusing their power. AOC, listen, the court is meant to decide whether or not something is constitutional. When they decide that something's unconstitutional, how is that an abuse of power? They are literally doing what they are meant to do. That is literally why they are put in place to begin with, to decide and to provide a check and balance. I know you learned about checks and balances and separation of powers. They gave the courts, you know, Marbury versus Madison. Come on. I know, I know this is a lot of history here. Marbury versus Madison established judicial review. Judicial review. Okay, that's kind of what the courts are meant to do. That's the separation of powers. And it provides a check on some of the other of the other branches. So we have to get that out of our heads that, oh, uh, they're just abusing their power. They're going above and beyond. They're no. If they're deciding that something is unconstitutional, that is exactly what they're in they're there to do. That is exactly the point of the court. If they can't decide that something's unconstitutional, if you want them to just rubber stamp every single thing that Joe Biden does, every single executive order he issues, every single thing that Congress does, there would be no point for a court. If they're just supposed to rubber stamp every single thing that happens because that's what the people want, then guess what? That would eliminate the purpose of a court. So why do we even have a court? Well, it's to do that very thing. The founders knew that just because the people elected congressmen and a president, that doesn't mean those congressmen and those presidents were always going to make the best decisions. They knew that there had to be some check on their power. And what did they do? They established a court to decide whether or not these things were constitutional or not. Now, you can debate back and forth whether or not you think that it's been politicized, this, that, and the third. The biggest thing politicizing it is AOC getting on TV and talking about the danger of the court and how they're abusing their power. And everyone's talking about this right-wing extremist court, this radical court. Stop. That language is exactly what politicizes the court. If you notice when you go in for an election, if you're electing a judge or anything like that, or a state Supreme Court, anything like that. So when you go, let's say, I'm in, I live in the state of Michigan. When I go to vote, if I were to vote for a Michigan Supreme Court justice, I would go on there or a Supreme Court judge. I don't know what it's called at the state level, but anywho, if I go in there and I, I'm looking at somebody, it's not going to be under the partisan, you know, Republican Democrat ticket. It's under a nonpartisan section. It's supposed to be nonpartisan. The courts are supposed to be nonpartisan. That is exactly why you have people like Chief Justice John Roberts. He was appointed by a conservative, but he sides with the liberals probably more times than he sides with the conservatives. It's because it's not just a black and white situation. It's not just a, oh, a Republican Democrat. No, what they are put in place to do, and they know this, you might not, but that's not their fault, but their job is to decide when, when a case comes before them, whether something is constitutional or not, period, 
End of discussion. Not whether my party supports this or, or your party supports that. That's why they're not elected. Because they would have to, you know, conform to the whims of the people. That's not what they're there to do. That's why you have lifetime appointments. Because no one's going to be influencing them. No one's going to be, they're not going to be able to, you know, go make a name for themselves. They're literally there for their entire life or until they want to step down or anything like that. But they're there until they say, you know what, I'm done, to make those decisions based on whatever they believe, not based off of what the people think at the time. That's a big thing. I think a lot of people don't understand that. If the court goes against public opinion, that's a good thing. That means they're not just conforming to the wills of the people. That's why this was the biggest argument when people were like, oh, they're overturning Roe v. Wade. They're not listening to what the people want. They don't have to. Actually, the point of the court was so they did not have to listen to the people, the whims of the people, because they knew that that was dangerous. Letting the people decide everything is not always the best thing. It's true. There are times when letting a majority of people decide something isn't always the best case scenario. So, what does all of this come down to? Well, AOC, you're kind of making a fool out of yourself because. Number one, the judicial activists here are the ones who have been judicial activists their whole life, their whole career, who are trying to be legislators from the bench. That is exactly what the liberals have done since the beginning of time. The conservatives have always been the ones that are strict constitutionalists. They're saying, hey, we are interpreting the Constitution as written, period. Not how we believe, not what we believe, not what the people believe, what the Constitution says. And that's where that difference is. So AOC saying that, oh, they're, legisl they're trying to be Congress. No, that's what the liberal justices have been doing since they became appointed and since they became judicial activists. Now, on the other hand, when she calls them all these things extremists and, oh, they're dangerous, that, that rhetoric is really bad. It's really bad for the country. It's really bad for the court. That's how you have things like seeing Justice Brett Kavanaugh. He was, there was an assassination attempt with Justice Brett Kavanaugh because they leaked the Supreme Court decision in the overturning of Roe v. Wade in Dallas v. Jackson. And what you had was this crazy who was like, yeah, you know, these, these conservative radicals, I'm, I'm going to kill one of them. So he goes and he gets ready and, and you know, he ends up obviously failing and he gets caught and, and everything is taken care of. But there is a, su uh, not a suicide, uh, an assassination attempt on Justice Kavanaugh. That is what happens when you use this rhetoric. When you say, oh, the, the dangerous Supreme Court, oh, they're abusing power. You get people who are like, yeah, that darn court, we better, we better get rid of them. And that's exactly what the, what the Democrats want. I mean, if if for some reason, oh, one of those one of those poor conservative justices were to get assassinated, bummer, that means Joe Biden would be able to appoint another Supreme Court justice. Oh man, darn. Like, no, that's not what they would do. They would say, ha, thank God. You know, maybe out loud they would be saying, Oh, we feel so bad, but we're so glad that we'll finally be able to have someone who will interpret the law as written 
And they'll say, you know, they'll say that, but in the back of their head, they're like, yes, thank God it worked. Thank God there was someone dumb enough to go assassinate one of them. Thank you, buddy. That's what they're going to be thinking because at the end of the day, it's a net benefit for them if they leak all these things, if they do all this, if they intimidate justices either into caving into what they want or into, you know, maybe having some radical crazy going and trying to kill them or actually succeeding in killing them. I don't think that would be something that they would actually dislike. So other than that, AOC said a bunch of other crazy stuff. I don't have time to get into explaining all of it. She talked about we need to start using judicial review and on these justices. She, she just made a fool out of herself. She was talking about these things that it's like, what are you even talking about? That doesn't even make sense. Whatever she was mumble jumbling on about, you can tell she hasn't even decided to pick up a constitution, a copy of the constitution, which, I mean, I would be glad to send her one. I, Hillsdale College sends out little pocket constitutions to people. I'm sure they would send her one. Um, just about anybody, I think, would would send AOC a pocket constitution if she'd like one uh, to read it a little bit. Um, she can also look at Marbury versus Madison and what judicial review actually is. But, you know, that would be, you know, obviously out of her wheelhouse. But anyway, let's go on to the next person. I believe it was Ted Lieu. Ted Lieu said this. He said, we have a radical extreme supermajority on the Supreme Court, and I, I am totally in favor of packing the court. Now, even, even Biden can look at history and see that that is a stupid idea. But that is a completely, completely stupid idea. And that guy doesn't have all of his faculties. We know that to be sure. Now, what he said, and obviously what he's been told, is that you can't do this because look at FDR. FDR was one of the most popular presidents of all time at the time he was president. He was going, you know, he was super popular with the people. Everybody liked him. He did these fireside chats. Oh, FDR. Again, looking back, his policies were kind of garbage, but that's neither here nor there. Now, he decided, you know, maybe we should look into packing the court, maybe adding some more justices to the court. And as soon as he mentioned that, his popularity dropped. His popularity dropped. Now, if he would have ran again for uh, what that would have been a fourth term, I think, I, he probably would have not been elected because he, I mean, he probably would have been beaten by somebody else. Because, again, hacking the court is not popular with the American people. They say, again, even Biden has come out and said it will forever politicize the court. And then you still have these Democrats that are like, no, no, we should we should still pack it. Like, look at history. It's not done you any favors. It really hasn't. Now, this is, again, this whole ploy to, oh, well, if Democrats can have the House, the Senate, the presidency and the court, what can't we do? nothing. We can do whatever we want. And they'll just keep packing and packing and packing it as much as they want. And of course, it would go back and forth. Pretty soon, you'd have 793 justices. You'd have an odd number of justices, but everyone would keep packing it more and 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 more. And, more. and you'd have a Supreme Court so big that it would just be useless because everyone would just keep adding justices until it fit their side. So, Essentially, you get to a point now where, it, okay, what are we going to do? Everyone's talking about, oh, the Democrats, they want to, oh, they just want to get rid of this court. They just want to say, you know what, let's just impeach them. AOC says impeachment's on the table. Ted Lieu says we got to launch ethics investigations. All of these people are saying that 
the court's horrible. Now, what have they actually done? They struck down affirmative action, which even if you're saying, oh, they're against the will of the people, a majority of people oppose affirmative action. I just want to make that loud and clear. Yes, they uh, upended Roe v. Wade. They overturned Roe v. Wade. Boo-hoo, whatever. That's the one where you could make that argument or whatever. The student loan debt, or the student loan forgiveness plan, whatever it is, that was an executive order. That was not passed by Congress. That was passed by Joe Biden. He went forward with it because he wanted to get uh, a Democratic House and Senate. It worked in the Senate, not in the House, but that's neither here nor there. He wanted to do something popular with younger Americans to get them out and voting. Now, of course, what are they going to do? Well, they're going to use the Supreme Court's decisions, and they're going to do exactly what they did in the midterms. They're going to try and run on, oh, we, you have to elect us so we can oppose this radical court. Well, you see, it's not going to work this time because people actually didn't like affirmative action. A lot of the people who vote in these elections are, in presidential elections too, they're older people. Older people who have all of their student loans paid off do not want to spend their money, their taxes on these people who majored in gender studies and aren't going to ever get their degrees paid off. It's that simple. So you're going to see people saying, you know what? I actually agree with the court. I agree with the court on a couple of these things. If the student loan forgiveness thing is that important and people want to pass it that badly, put it through Congress. The only reason you're not doing that is because you know it won't pass. It's a bunch of garbage. So anyway, that's kind of where it's at. We have to, number one, stop calling the court so politicized and saying it's extreme and saying it's this and that because then you upend every single ounce of, you know, some people will say, yeah, I don't really trust the president or the Congress, but, you know, at least we got the Supreme Court. If you get rid of that, we're toast. But we just have to kind of get rid of that rhetoric. We need to say, okay, the Supreme Court's not always going to do what the people want. The Supreme Court's not always going to rule in my favor. That's the whole point of the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is not supposed to be politicized. Simple as there it is. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I know there was quite a bit in there in a short amount of time. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I'm going to end now with my closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you're a great and mighty God. I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for a chance for me to come on and speak into this microphone. Lord, I pray for our Supreme Court, just give them wisdom, give our leaders wisdom as they have to walk through these crazy situations going on in our world. And Lord, just help them to make decisions that will glorify you and help us to be more like you in all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Alrighty, thank you guys for sticking around until the end of another episode. I can't wait to see you guys back here again tomorrow for another episode for the last episode of the week. But until I see you back here tomorrow, stay blessed.